Good morning. How's it going? It's so good. Can I just clap for y'all? Man, y'all sound good. It's so good. So good to see you today. Thank you for being a part. If today is your first time, I know we said it before, or your first time in a long time, or you say, man, it's maybe my last time. We hope not. I hope it is a great time. And uh, man, we just thank you. Thank you, Lance. Thank y'all so incredibly much for being here and for being a part of uh, just what, believe what God is doing and leading. And uh, man, it is great. Also, I want to bring attention if I can. Can I bring that growth track slide back up? Uh, we swap people back there. Do you know how to do it? Click on the green button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Okay. I do. I do got something to do. It's coming. Never give Larry a microphone. Man, it's been on my case all day. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And I just gave ammunition for him to get messed with at work. Use, use it, please. Use it wisely. I, I want to do this as uh, Rhonda is coming up. And I want to show you something just to make sure because next week is what we call growth track. I just want to kind of be clear that everybody understands what's going on here. What we, we believe in following Jesus is a step-by-step -step experience. It is, it is being drawn by Jesus as a step, receiving him as a step, being baptized as a step, joining part of the dream team and serving and giving life to other people as a step. And the way to do this, you know, we just ask that if you've been around for a little while, today's your first time, but by the end of the day, you're like, you know what, I, I like the Kool-Aid I drink there and I would like to be a part of that, then uh, I want to invite you to just text GROW to the number on the screen. It's going to ask for a little bit of information back and we want to see you next week with some... Some, some burgers and things and different things going on and just let you know the real vision beyond just the, the music and the preaching, the real experience that we're pushing for in this community. We believe that God has placed us here in this community, in this region to literally reach thousands of people and we believe, you know what, we don't do that through, through what happens here, we do it through what happens outside of here. But we do realize what happens here is an encouragement and builds people up and we want to equip more and more people to discover who Christ is by the work that he's doing through you. And so we want to invite you to be a part of Growth Track if you never have been, if he's leading you in that step. Next thing is, you need a microphone. We have a little surprise coming up. Test, test. You doing, you explaining the prize. With it. Okay, for y'all that, Tanya explained this uh, last month, but for the ones that don't understand, we have started what you call the You Rock Award. Show you this really cool thing because I'm really jealous and I kind of want to take it home myself. <laughs> anyway, so every month we are going to choose somebody that goes above and beyond serving and just let them know how much we appreciate what they do for this church, for this community, and for the service of God. This month it's someone that was in, she's in children's church, but she doesn't just serve in children's church. She serves on the hospitality team. She serves, she's come to outreaches. She serves on growth track. She serves in any capacity. She's on the drama team. She is one of those that if you ask her, will you stay last minute, I have texted her and said, hey, uh, I need you to do check-ins. Can you please do it? She's there. At five minutes notice, she's Joyfully. there. Joyfully. Oh. She, she, I like that. Order to do it. There you go. I think they're trying to pick you up off of So, um, calm down. Okay. 
watch her faith in Jesus and her relationship Go ahead. Amber was leaving, and we were painting. She was leaving, but she did 11 9 o'clock service, and she needed to go pick up her son, and we were like, what? <laughs> Thank you for this, saying this that. Is, this is proof of, can you do this? Sure, not doing anything. Because I had to come up with a way to get her to stay a little while. And I was like, are you leaving? Are you where she was? And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay. Um, what? Do you need something? Um, we're doing this thing. And I was hey, trying to ask questions. Can you stay like, what do you need? She said, I just need you to hold something. I'm right. Like, okay, I'll <laughs> <say, "Hold> something. <laughs> <laughs> can you stay with something? 15 minutes later, she was like, sure. You know, and, okay. And then I'm going to walk away from that. And she said, what am I doing? I said, um, I need you to hold something. And she was like, saw them high fives I tried to give and nobody saw them go sorry y'all ever do that it's like hey and somebody walks by like awesome no shame in the game just keep rolling with it awesome so if it's not too overwhelming and you got me lined out let's rock on Amber you rock and if your child if your child says why didn't you get me say I got candy it's a, it's a good thing it's a good thing. If you're here, today we're in week four of a series that we call Whatever It Takes. So if you're just stepping in, I just encourage you to roll back through, download the Cornerstone Vidalia app, uh, catch in on the app store there. You'll see a lot of these bracelets because we gave it away the first week. They're in LSU or Viking colors, whatever your preference is or whatever other colors those match up to. Um, I guess it would, might would be Seattle Warhawks. Is that right? I don't know. But anyway... Um, so anyway, we're diving into whatever it takes. And the whole idea is whatever it takes for the un, un, uncommitted, undecided, unchurched. For people who do not know Christ or have been repelled away from Jesus by people. And uh, whatever the case may be, or may just be like, Jesus who? You know, whatever the spectrum, how can we, whatever it takes for us to, that we can communicate, you know what, I want to see somebody discover their life in Jesus Christ no matter where they are. Because I just believe Jesus is the answer. If I'm in the right place. And I'm, I've learned through, through my struggles and my celebrations, you know what? Literally, Jesus is the answer to every single thing. Every, he has every single answer to every single problem. And he also has the clarity for every single celebration. He's not just a bad time God. He's a good time, bad time. He is always leading for how can I lead people to more and more and more of the discovery of who they are in me. That they may walk in the identity of sons and daughters of God. And live the life that he designed you to live. Away from the suffering and away from the shame and away from the hurt and into the provision of God. And that is the design. That is the desire here. So I'm so glad you're here. And we looked at through week one, we looked at this radical idea of forgiveness that, you know what, it's not what we put into it, but it's what God does out of it. When I, when I forgive the person who has offended me, I release God's hand to do a great work in them. And I don't know about you, there is something greater than seeing the person who got you got back. There's the per there is something of seeing the person who got you get grace and discovered real life in Jesus Christ. And then you're no longer enemies, but you become friends. And it's an awesome unity thing that happens. 
And we, we wrote in there. We learned in the first week, though, we did the same. We said, you know what? We just admitted that what we believe determines how we behave. What we believe determines how we behave. Do you believe that? And we, 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 we admitted the obvious. That was kind of a fun week for me, honestly. I could do those every single week because everybody, everybody confessed that they were liars. It was a lot of fun. Everybody was like, yeah, I believe it. I believe it. I believe that. We listed out some scriptures. And, and, we, and they'll say, well, is that how you do it? Well, no. So we're liars. Because what we really believe, we may be saying we believe one thing, but our belief is revealed in our behavior. No other way. It's revealed in our behavior. But also, we looked at, we, we rolled on, we talked about whatever it takes to serve, and then we looked at last week, you know what, we, we said what we believe not only determines what, how we behave, but what we believe also determines what we say. Say, isn't that the truth? If I really believe that God has controlled this situation, then I don't need to blast you into the middle of it, do I? You know, if I, if I really believe that, that, that God's way of forgiveness is the best way, then I don't have to hold my anger against you. I can let it go. If I really believe it determines what I say, also it determines I don't have to worry about things if I really believe that everything is in the hands of Jesus Christ and he is, he is a good father who's going to take care of every step. But today we're going to move forward and it's going to be fun. It's going to be a little different, so it's going to be awesome. And, but how many of you believe that today, literally, that, you know what, we're gathered for more than a church service, but we're gathered together because God has something that he is speaking to us and has already been doing so. Yeah? Awesome. Because, you know, it's not just through the preaching. It's the whole time together. We, we build up one another. So I've got a question for you today. If you, I believe Jesus is already here. He's already speaking. I've got a question. And it's a question that I do not want to ask you. This is the question I'm asking you to ask you. That's uh, the question I'm asking me to ask me as well as I ask you to ask you. It's a personal question. It's a question that has to be settled personally. And, and here's the question. I'll go ahead and just let you know what it is. It's three words. It's am I willing? Say that with me if you will. Am I willing? Am I willing? Am I willing is like not the question that should be asked at the point when a decision has to be made and I feel like I'm in a corner. Because how many of you realize I will squirm for the easy way when I'm cornered, right? I, I, I will, I'll, am, I, am I willing? Am I, am I willing? Man, I'm going to lose weight this week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do all these kind of things. And then, uh, you know what? I get in front of a cake line. <laughs> am I willing to do what it takes? Eh, it's hard. I'm getting close to 40 and I see... And my borders are starting to expand a little more. And so I started running this week. And I found out I about died. Um, so I, got, I was wanting to quit. So I coerced a son of mine to say, hey, you want to ride with me? You want to run with me? Yeah, because now I have guilt tripped it to get up. It's a win-win. Am I willing? Yes, I'm, I'm willing to make somebody else guilt trip me to get where I need to be. I found out if somebody bad was after me, they would catch me. But we're going to do better. But here's why I am willing, am I willing, is so vastly important. Because if we do not settle the question up front, we will squirm out of co the confrontational moment later. In 1945, I'll just kind of paint a story to set this up. In 1945, in the country of Romania, as communism is spreading and Marxism is the, is the gospel of the, of the time, 
uh, of the government to promote the propaganda. They gathered together uh, uh, an area of ministers together because the ministers had influence in the communities. And they said, we, we want to have, a, the government wanted to have a meeting with them. And it was about the, the good things of communism and what it was going to be. And, and they, they began to, as they talked and they coerced, and then they began to be very plain. And they said, basically what was happening is they were asking ministers to, let's eliminate the gospel out of your conversation. Let's eliminate Jesus out of, out of your talk and your church and your preaching and your sermons. I want, want you all to pull Jesus out and we're beginning to build up the, the significance and the importance of the new move of the government that we're taking and we want you to promote this that it is good. So the eyes of the people, they will see it from you and they will see that it is good. And a lot of guys were standing up and they were like, okay, we're in. And they were telling about, you know, it was kind of that you, you, you know, you butter my bread, I butter yours kind of thing that was going on. And as they began to do it, there was one lady in there, though. They'd take the podium one after one of how they were on board, and they were in agreement and said, yes, we're going to do it. There was one lady in there. Her name was Sabina. Not Sabrina, but Sabina without the R. And she leans over to her husband, Richard, and this is what she says. She leans over to Richard, and she says, you need to stand up and say something to wipe away the shame from Jesus. They're spitting in his face right here. To which Richard leaned back over to Sabina very calmly behind that table and sitting chair to chair. And he leaned over and he said, you know if I do, you will no longer have a husband. To which she just leaned back and said, I do not wish to be married to a coward. Amen. And he did stand up. And he did speak. And he, 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 he did do what he was supposed to be, that we are not going to take Jesus out of our conversation whatsoever. It is the hope of all humanity, no matter where, no matter what, no matter the situation. And what happened as a result was, you know what, she did lose her husband. For the next 14 years, he went through prison, he went through torture, went through torment. He watched people die in front of him. He, watched, he, he went through excruciating things. You can read all about this. It's in a book called Torture for Christ. If you're a reader, when you see it, you look on Amazon, Torture for Christ, or wherever you want to look, and you'll see a brown cover with a hand reaching up like this. That's your book, Richard Wernbrand. And he goes on to tell the story, though. After 14 years of torments and tortures and ungodly things that happened, and, and near going mentally unstable, he says they had learned while in prison a way to get by was they made a deal with the guards. It was a way to get through, the, to, to kind of make them themselves able to stand within the system. And the, the, the guards had told them, the warden and the guards have told all the prisoners, if you preach Christ in here, because a lot of people were in there because of their faith, it was a, it was a faith overtaken, and said, if you preach to other prisoners in here, then we will beat you. You will get beating after beating after beating for preaching. And they said, okay. They listened. They took it to, work, to heart very seriously. And they considered him a willing. And said, by the time they left prison, they left happy and the guards left with them happy. Because that what they, they decided to do is they said, they said they got to preach to the prisoners during the day and the guards got to beat them during the night. They said, we were happy and they were happy. It was win-win for everybody. Am I willing? Am I willing? He started a ministry called Richard Wernbrand, died around 94 years old just in the last couple of years. And I started, came to the U.S. Some ministries partnered together after being there for a long time and kind of found his story and ended up 
buying him out of the prison system, which would happen sometimes. And he ended up, when he was leaving, they told him, they said, if you go over to America and he, where you're going to go, because he was Romanian, they said, you go over there and you tell anybody what happened here, you know we will come and we will get you and we will smear you. Nobody will listen to anything you have to say. We will build up so many details about marital affairs and different kind of immoralities that nobody will listen to you. And you've seen the people that went to the U.S. and thought they were going to be safe and that we brought them back here and killed them and you watched us do it. Do not think that you will get away from us. And he's, okay. He got over here and he went to talking. And he started an organization called Voice of the Martyrs, which we, because of your generosity, is something the Cornerstone Church has been a part of for a good many years now. And uh, it's still a ministry to the persecuted church. It gives you a, a newsletter once a week if you wanted to give with them outside of the church personally. But uh, sends a newsletter and gives updates of different things around the country and ministers to people who are under, who are under that kind of graphic control where, where they, it really is imprisonment and torture and separation and killing for the name of Christ just for trusting their lives to Jesus and nothing else. Am I willing? You know, can we be honest? I mean, it's easy to kind of dive off into something deep. But our situation, let's be honest, are much different when we say, am I willing? You're like, well, am I willing? Yeah, I'm willing. But let's be honest. Our situations are much different. But still, am I willing must be defined. Like, am I willing to be thought of as a fake, but yet still love people anyway? Am I, will am I willing to be rejected by some people who would now call me their friends right now, but may not if I make these decisions today? Am I, willing, am I willing to surrender my belief today? My belief, my belief of what my mama taught me and, and what my granny always said, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness and all this kind of stuff. Am I willing to, you know, am I willing to surrender the beliefs, some things that I've grown up with that are more just things that were passed along than they are gospel truth? Am I willing to surrender some of the things I believe as truth? Am I willing to let go of them in the name of real truth that I am discovering as I read God's word and as I hear his, his voice speaking to me? And am I willing to surrender step by step by step? Am I willing to be thought a fool if it means my healing? Am I willing to not know what's next but still trust Jesus with the next step and the next and the next? Am I willing to be put down by a person and not let it distort my view of who Jesus is? Not to try to put him in their identity because of the way they treated me. Am I willing to separate that? You see, am I willing, am I willing to determine some things? Am I willing does this? Am I willing determines my steps? Am I willing determines my endurance? Am I willing is the question that really determines my peace. I don't know if you've ever experienced what it's like to have, have peace in the middle of chaos. It's the most upside down thing ever, but it's really rewarding. Am I willing determines my real level of surrender? And in Luke 18, we have a situation that seems so common around Jesus. There's the two groups of people. There are the elite group that, are, that, are look, that, that think they are better than everybody else. And there's the other group that is looked down on by everybody else, and especially by the elite group. And the irony is Jesus is walking through the midst of these groups, and he is with them, and he loves both of them. He is not a one against the other kind of Jesus. So let's, let's dive in. Luke 18, 35. It says, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. 
Verse 36 rolls on, says, When he heard the noise of a crowd going past, he asked, What was happening? And they told him that Jesus the Nazarene was going by. I love this. Let's be real. Some of, some of us, we know exactly what this moment was like. We got a blind man. He's a beggar. He's in a broken situation. He's sitting beside the road. He's saying, what's going on? As this crowd of celebration is going by. And he asks words, what's going on? Like, should I be reaching my hand out for sweet tarts? You know, are there going to be Jolly Ranchers or bubblegum with it? You know, he doesn't know if it's a parade. He doesn't know if it's like some new government coming through that, you know, everybody's like, whoa, and celebrate. What's going on? We really, he really doesn't know. So he's like, what's happening, God? I can't, I can't see. Will you tell me what's going on? And they're like, oh, it's Jesus and Nazarene. Jesus is going by today. So let's be real. A lot of us know exactly what this moment is like because you remember the, that day. Maybe it was that time in life. Maybe it was, it was that place where you were where, you know what, where Jesus was really revealing himself. And when I say that, how do I say it? You, you were hearing and something, it was drawn. You may not even have anybody around, but there was a draw from the Holy Spirit on you. It was that thump. It was the sweat. It was the cold. It was the like, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I, I know there's some steps I need to take. There was a drawing of Jesus that was happening. And you know, and you knew without a doubt, you knew it was true, but you just wasn't really willing to go with it. Wasn't willing to receive him then. Weren't willing because, you know what, the I was afraid I was going to lose some of the things that I was doing at the time. Things I wanted to keep, right? I mean, if Jesus, I mean, I'm, I, I believe, I want to go to heaven, but I really don't want him to take the fun away from me right now. So I'm going to let him go by till later. Maybe we were afraid of losing some friends. Maybe afraid of losing the ability to enjoy, enjoy some good liquor times without conviction coming in, you know. Afraid of losing the activity of cheating on a spouse and, and not feeling bad about it. I mean, like, why do I want to bring that? Uh, afraid of maybe viewing some things and, and looking and going and hiding, having to erase my web pages all the time just to hide from other people, but I really, I'm enjoying it myself. So I'm afraid of losing some things that I really don't want to lose. Maybe afraid, you know what, that I would change. But I kind of like some of the things I'm holding on to. Whoever told you sin isn't fun hadn't sinned very well. Sin is fun. Just not for very long. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's like those Tootsie Pops. You ever have, I hate a Tootsie Pop. Man, I get so excited something's going to be in the middle. And then, but you mix that fruit with that chocolate. It's just a bad deal that goes down every time. It's like... Dog, I wish I'd have just let the owl bite it and I'd left it alone. You know, it's, it's this, that sin is like the candy on the outside, but the inside, it promises to be sweet, but it just kind of turns bitter. You know what it's like. And now, though, some time has gone by since that day, that time, that place, that moment, that, those circumstances. Some time has gone by. And now you know, wow, what I really could have missed is some suffering. And I could have missed some consequences. And I could have missed some hungry times and some hopeless times and some jail times and some addictions that I wish I didn't even have to try to find a way out of right now. And, you, and so today here we are and it's like I'm back and I'm searching. I know what I could have missed and I wish I would have missed but you know what? There's another time coming around and I'm not missing it this time. And you feel the tug of Jesus for the first time in a long time. Man, how sweet it is when you think, yeah, like, man, I've done been there, done that, and it just ain't the same anymore. And when it begins drawing again, oh, it's like, 
He didn't forget. He was just, he was just waiting for us to get seasoned up enough to actually listen. Imagine, you know, we, we don't know this guy. He's sitting there. He's a blind. He's a beggar. He's sitting there. And when Jesus and all the posse comes into town, we have no, I wonder, I couldn't find anything on this. I wonder how many times Jesus had been there before, if ever, if he'd been to Jericho at this point. I would have to believe he had, but perhaps not. I, I looked in this and I went as far as Google would take me and it never got me to an answer. Like, had Jesus been in this road before? Uh, before this particular time. I, we don't have any history that records or nobody in that time that recorded it and wrote it like we do a whole lot of things that were passed down. No data. But I realize this. No matter how the blind man knew his name, one thing is for sure. The blind guy knew who Jesus was and he wasn't about to miss an opportunity again. How far somebody tell him, say, don't just sit there. Verse 38, watch this. Watch what he does. Verse 38. So he begins shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I love that. Hey, guys, what's going on? What's going on? Somebody, somebody hit me. I, I got a pant leg there. You can't get away. What's happening? Jesus nethering past by. Oh, Jesus. You know what I mean? It's just like going in. All in. I love that. Oh, oh, Jesus is here. I, I can't see him, but I'm going to make sure he sees me. You know? And the truth is this, though. You know what? The devil has taught us to be very polite with our suffering, hasn't he? You know, man, I mean, we are like the most polite people ever in the midst of suffering. The, the devil's taught, he's done very well on this. You've got to give, you gotta give the, the old rat some credit because, I mean, we, we do things like this. Not that it's good credit, but, you know, we, we get polite with our suffering. We do things like this. Well, nobody would really care anyway. You know, everybody's got their own thing. You know, everybody's going through so much already. Everybody's got their, their own stuff going on. I'll get through this somehow. Me and the kids are going to make it. I don't know how, but it's going to work out. Come on, honey, let's go to church. We should really, you know, probably think about living right or doing better. And we sound like this Christian version of Eeyore off Winnie the Pooh. You know, it's just sad. Can I just say, is anybody else with me? Just, man, forget that. I'm going in blind man style, you know? It's like, I can't be hung up on what you got going on. God bless you for what you got going on. But there's enough juice for both of us. So I'm going to, you just go and get your own shouting contest. Because I'm going to get mine. I'm going to be Jesus, Jesus, over here. I know they're hollering, but over here. You know, I'm, I'm just like, you, you do your, you do you. I'm going to do me. But polite's getting no longer. Uh-uh, it ain't going. Y'all start your own hollering because I need help. I'm tired. I hadn't seen light. I've been blind for a long time. I need Jesus. But this guy, you got to love how Jesus, I love, man, how Jesus just sets things up. I love the parts that he says, you know, the entire, the, he records in Timothy that the entire word of God is inspired and by, whole, by, by the Holy Spirit. It is written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It is, it is the holy God who spoke and men turned around and said, it is all under the jurisdiction of Jesus Christ, under, under God Almighty. It is all, everything in the Bible has his stamp of approval. It has his leading, his guidance, his correction, his editing, his provision, and his, you know, his publication going out on the thing. And I love the parts that he left in. I don't know the parts that he left out because you you look at this. This guy, he doesn't, Jesus doesn't hide it. He doesn't sugarcoat it. Because this guy went to the wrong church. 
Watch what I'm saying. Watch. Man, this sounds good. This guy needs Jesus. Hey, let's go. Hey, man, quit hollering. I'll take it. No. Verse 39. Watch this. Be quiet. Don't tolerate that junk around here. I'll holler. The people in front yelled at him, but he only shouted louder. I love that. I'm not going to shout, but oh, man, I want to so bad. You know, let's role play. Let's, you know what? Let's role play. You got to picture this. Okay. He's outside. Okay. So in here, we're in a room. There's, I don't know, 100 some people. And we're in a room. And so we've got this reverb. And we got walls bouncing. We don't have a lot of fabric. We got you for absorbing sound. That's kind of, and so the more people come in, the louder we have to turn things up. But anyway, it's, it's bouncing, it's bouncing, it's bouncing. It's not like outside. You know, I can holler in here and it's like, whoa, that was loud. I can holler outside and you're like, what? You know, it, because the sound, it just goes. It doesn't have the barriers. So this man's outside. He's not in church. He's outside. The church is outside the walls, and they're walking into town. And he is sitting. Let's watch this. He's sitting down. Let me do a little better. He is sitting down. I'm going to leave my mic on for a few more minutes. He is sitting down. The crowd is going by. Imagine when the parade is going through. And it's like the major part of the takeoff line. And you're trying to get somebody's attention on the other side uh, and down the next block. You know, and he is sitting down and he, and the man's like, who's going by? And they're like, Jesus. And he goes to shouting. You, you kind of know what that looks like now. And they yell at him. So let's just do a little interaction if you can. Carly, I got you in the back. Stay right there. Yeah, you're doing good. Stay right there. And so what's going to happen is, can I ask y'all to stand up? And I know y'all are too Christian for how I want to do this. So I'm just, I'm going to turn my microphone off. And I'm going to begin to yell the word, hey. And I want you simultaneously be, to yell, be quiet and just don't stop, okay? And I'm not going to stop. And then we're going to, after it's all over, we're going to ask Carly who she heard. I think this is a no-dub moment, but let's work with it. Can we do that? Yeah. This is such a cool place to preach from. All right. <laughs> one, two, and you got to shout long enough for our uh, online audience to hear it. So one, two, three. All right, David, help. Give me the power. I felt like I was going back to childhood and I didn't, I couldn't tell people what to do in my house anymore. Carly, so who are you hearing? I was yelling. Imagine, this is the crowd. There's a lot of ministries been going on. There's a lot of things that have been going on. I know it's goofy, but this has to be said. Because people for far too long felt they were supposed to be quiet by the church about their problems. I'm not a church down. I believe the church is the absolute hope of the world. But I realize we can do things, we can do things wrong when we get to the way we like it, not the way that Jesus would lead it. We can, we can get twisted. And we, and we can all say, you know what, I can talk about, we can, we can run down the people that were saying be quiet, and we can run down saying, yeah, we're in the wrong church, yeah, I've been there before. My aunt, my uncle, my grandma, they used to tell me, you know what, you ought to dress like that, have more respect, take your hat off in the house of the Lord. Who told you to look like that? And I can't believe you're smoking that parking lot. I, I don't condone any of this stuff. I'm just saying. You know, and, and, we, and we can t go back to finger pointing all day long. But this has to be said because people have for too long felt they're supposed to be quiet 
by the church about their problems. And we can all say, yeah, amen. I remember that person. That's why I never even went. That's why I've run from Jesus. That's why I got the junk that I got because I got so mad because the way they made me feel. And they made us feel shame without healing. And it made us feel rejection about our imperfection. But whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. Let's slow the roll a little bit. And let's be careful not to become a perpetrator proclaiming to be the victim. Or be careful not to play the victim so well that we actually become the offender and still don't realize that we're not a victim. We're the offender. This is about to get a little tense, so. Are you willing? Can we, can we just kind of get nasty for a minute? Confrontational for a minute? Good. Okay. Praise God, because we're just going to do it no matter what. Verse 38. Verse 38, the man shouted, right? Verse 39. The man, the people yelled. By the way, it would be awesome. I did that in the 9 o'clock. Some of y'all need to come and experience the 9 o'clock. If I can just encourage you to make a little more room in the 11 and push you to the 9 o'clock. And then you can walk out and you can be like the greatest encouragers. Then you can high five the people that are coming to the 11 because y'all 11 people show up early. I mean, and some of y'all show up like 10.15 and 10.30 and all kind of stuff to hang out and make conversations in community. And you can high-five people and be like, hey, it's going to be awesome today, man. I'm praying for you. You know, I mean, you, you can high-five some people and give them some real Jesus joy. But just let you know about that 9 o'clock opportunity that's out there. But the man, verse 38, the man shouted, right? Verse 39, the people yelled, I know I'm not the brightest crayon in the box. But does anybody see the irony here? If you don't see the obvious, it's time. Can I just say, please quit reading your Bible the way you're reading it for historical and time sheets and data and reading plans. I'm for all that. But please quit stopping there because you're missing the life that it's designed to give. And do you notice, when I, be, when, when I began to yell what others people were shouting it, it reveals you know what when, when I begin to yell when at you for what you're shouting towards me it reveals something it reveals you know what I have my own problems I just refuse to come off of my pride long enough to admit it and so as long as I, I will hold on to my pride and I will point I will yell about your problem saying you shouldn't be shouting like that and have no idea just because I call it yelling that I'm shouting at you and it reveals, you know what, we are a church, can I say this, we are a church that is radically, audaciously, unapologetically for the uncommitted, undecided, and unchurched. But not just that, but to become and to be able to lead this group of people to become passionate followers of Jesus Christ. Every single answer is in Jesus. It's not in our routine. It's not in our way. It's not in the way that we gather. Praise God. I love the way we do it, and I love the music and the pre-intro, and I love the vibe, and I love the hype, and I love the energy. But it's not in that. It's in Jesus Christ alone. Everything we have in life is only a tool to connect somebody to Jesus Christ. Period. There is no hope outside. And so, so here, we, here we go. We've, we've got this system and this way of doing things. But you know what? We are a church that is radically for this. So they, but when you say the un, uncommitted, undecided, unchurched, what does that mean? Well, uncommitted, that's just people who just never stepped in, man. I mean, they just, they just never even, they're like, you know what? I don't have time for that, what have you. Maybe they know, maybe they don't. The, the, the undecided, what is that? That's people's like, you know, I, I keep, I know, I know what I should be doing, but I ain't. I feel God pulling me, but I'm not. I, 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 I'm, I'm thinking about it, I'm considering. They're just kind of on the fence. And the unchurched, what's that? That's like people, you're like, hey, you see that rainbow? Yeah, well, that's cool. Yeah, man, I can't believe God gave that to Noah. Who's Noah? 
You know, that's the unchurched. They just don't have a clue. And believe it or not, they live in the Miss Lou. That's not made up. I know that from personal testimony. But th there's a lot of people in these groups. And it, sound, can, it sounds clean like that. But in these three groups, there's a lot of different people. Like, what about people who are gay? If we're going to pick on one sexual immorality, let's pick on another. What about adultery? Yeah, that's the clean one, right? What about transgender, transsexual, whatever it may be? Why not? Let's just go for the heavy hitter. What about NFL players? I mean, which, which, which part of this gets in your crawl, you know? What about, for some, what about the exes? I, I get blown away when I see a couple and I see their ex and another on this side and them sometimes take pictures together and do things together and have the joy of the Lord realizing the pain of the past is not determining the direction of today. That's a big pill to swallow. I don't take it lightly at all. That's a testimony only to Jesus. Amen. What about racist? I've been called that enough in my life. Particularly by kids that don't understand. What about, who, who else would be in that uncommitted, undecided, what about Republicans or Democrats? I mean, come on. Fox News and CNN, all MSNBC, and you know what? Yes. Some of them even in the AFR crowd too. Libertarians and Green Parties and whatever else. You know what? Pretty much just think about, what about any single group that is known for yelling something? Yep. What about them? And what about, you know what? If we don't yell back what we are against and play the fool and yell yes we're against you against you against you against that that's it and what if we just begin to meet people where they are whoa we got that that's easy oh yeah we need to accept all people accept all people oh, oh. and lead them to jesus yeah. what if we what if we what if we instead of instead of putting these walls and these obstructions we create a conversation that leads to a transformation you know, if, if, if you won't talk with me, then I can't take you anywhere. I can't even offer you free gas and a free ride to the store next door when you're out of money if you won't talk to me because I done pointed my finger at you enough that you don't want to have, you'd rather walk backwards three times around town on your hands and, and feet like a monkey than ride with me because of the, the stuff of our past. Why can't I just create a conversation? But always be listening, knowing the yell is a sign of the hurt. And I can lead you to Jesus as a result. You know, we are, this is the kind of church we are. We don't yell back at what we are against. But we meet all people where they are and we lead them to Jesus. We sing a song. If you've been around for a little while, we, we sing a song a little bit more. We had in a little while. We can bring it back up. But it, but it goes, the tagline goes, it goes something, something like this. Maybe you remember it says, Oh, come to the altar. My tongue may be bad. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness, it was bought by 
the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And we say yes. And then we yell at you. If the precious blood is bought, thank you. If the precious blood of Jesus Christ bought forgiveness for all, then why can't I invite people to the forgiveness that is in Christ? You got it. Can I say the shout, if we learn, the shouts of people. The blind man shouted. The people yelled. The shouts are only revealing a hurt that needs a healing. Every time. You got to love this blind guy though. God problems, goes to the wrong church, and he ain't mad at nobody. He's still, but he only shouted louder. Son of David! I love it. And we would have said, give him God. He said, have mercy on me. He never once turned his hurt into an anger, but he continued to let his hurt remain a cry until the healer answered who was walking by. Verse 30, watch this, verse 40. It says, when Jesus heard him, he stopped and he ordered the man to be brought to him. I think it's, if you look at this, the same story is in Mark. And the same people that yelled at him, they go over to him. This is hilarious. I didn't say this in the first time. They go over to him and they say, be of good cheer. He's calling you. It's like, I'll walk on my own, please. We'll talk in a minute. Let me get some forgiveness so I can forgive you. You know, you got the crowd surrounding Jesus. And you got people in front of him yelling. And yet Jesus heard the, per the man that was the furthest away. And with everything going in the favor of Crawley in the back a moment ago to hear me, because I, even though we're both bouncing off walls, but you know what? My voice is going her way. Your voice was going this way. And even though there's a reverb bouncing, I had a greater advantage because I kind of had a clear shot going at her too. I could see her face. And I was trying really to get through to her. And even in the midst of that, she couldn't hear me. But yet we have Jesus who's walking through a crowd. He's got a man sitting down. He has nothing walking in favor to see the man. And you got the crowds around. You got the people in front of Jesus yelling. And you know what? He heard the man who's furthest away because the cry of help is always heard over the shouts that are filled with pride. Amen. The cry of help is always heard over the shouts of pride in the ears of Jesus. Amen. You know what, man? I'm going to get raw. Sometimes I, it breaks my heart because I hear people that like, I want to, I, I need to change my life. I, I want Jesus. And I feel him draw me. And so we'll pray. And I, and I hear prayers like this. Oh, God. You know, you know I've been doing the best I can. You know, I really ain't done nothing bad. But I feel like I need some help. Man, squash that. I need mercy. I need you. I don't have to come and qualify myself before you, Jesus. There's nothing I can qualify against perfect, holy, and righteousness. I'm coming and just presenting myself at your feet and just hoping you'll lay a hand that'll help pick you up. And he will every single time. It says, as a man came near, You'll, Jesus, wanted, Jesus wanted the cry of the hurting to be noticed more than the celebration of the crowd. I love that. We'll stop a party for our healing. And he said, you know what? And you're here today and you're thinking, you know what? I know the rejection that man felt. I know what that's like. I know what it feels like to be told I'm not good enough and my ideas are stupid and I've got nothing to offer and we don't do that here and I can't believe you dress like that and look like that and why didn't you clean up and why didn't you smell better and why didn't you get another bath on top of that last because I know what the rejection is like 
I know what it's like to be rejected because I found myself living a lifestyle that I never planned with pain that I never wanted. A lot of us, we, we embrace that. And many people are here today saying, I know it's from my choices that I never should have made, but I did. It really goes back before that to you were born as a sinner. You were already born in defeat. But you're also born with victory. Because Jesus was already crucified for you to call you up out of the pit. But no matter the reasons, you know what? No matter the reasons, our choices, not choices, what, and no, no matter how we got where we are, no matter the reasons, you know what? Can we just be honest? No matter the excuses, no matter the validation, no matter the explanation, it never does remove the hurt that I'm living with or the rejection that I've experienced, does it? I can't excuse the pain away. I can't, I can't make enough alibis to, to make it okay. But you know what? Hey, can I say this? Don't be sidetracked by some of the people that were walking in front of Jesus and had the religious acts down perfectly. Don't be confused with the people walking in front with the people walking behind. The true followers of Jesus, don't ever become a person walking in front telling Jesus what he needs to do and how he needs to break from me. Well, we, and you know what? The true followers of Jesus are the people who are in a relationship walking as Jesus leads. We're following in the tracks and we're bringing, and you know what? Because when we're, we're following him, then he gets to be the, the man out front that everybody sees. That everybody can say, there's what I need. And we walk behind saying, I saw you. You felt like he didn't see you, but he did. Let me bring you to him. We can, we can be the one picking up the people on the side because the true followers are always bringing the hurting to him. In verse 40 says, as the man came near, Jesus asked him. I love this. Jesus asked him. And the crowd yelled at him. And Jesus is asking a question. The crowd yelled and Jesus asked. The crowd yelled and Jesus asked. If you ever like in the moment and you really want to yell, just say, what would Jesus do? What can I do for you? I see you're yelling a lot. Seems like there's a lot of anger or hurt going on. Can I pray for you? Love the way of Jesus. What do you want me? Son of God, God in flesh, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus knew the problem. But he knew the problem that we haven't seen yet. He knew the problem that was bigger than the physical blindness. And it was the reality that he was walking in a crowd of blind people that had no idea they were blind. And maybe they could see, maybe they could see to walk. But they could not see that the grace of God was walking with them. They were totally oblivious to it. They were, and they're walking, even as they are walking with them, even they're pointing at others' problems and never acknowledging their own. Verse 41, the man says, Lord, I want to see. And Jesus replied, all right, receive your sight because your faith has healed you. And instantly the, the, he, the man could see, and he followed Jesus, praising God. And all who saw it, let's read this aloud, they did what? They praised God too. Isn't it amazing that the people that had the accusations now had a reason to find celebration? They're like, ha, huh, thank you for being blind. Thank you for yelling out, even though we were yelling at you. Thank you for not giving up, because you see, now I can see. Thank you. And some of you are probably thinking, you know what? Shoot. I know what I'd have got when I got that my sight back. If I'd have been him, <laughs> that boy, he wasn't from where I'm from because the way we do it down here, I'd have been listening. When I got my sight back, I'd have been listening for that voice, some of the voices I heard. I'd have been looking to take some suckers out like, yeah, I can see you now. What you going to say? You know, we'd have been, been coming on some people. But that isn't the way. I mean, pointing out fingers like, you're the hypocrite that tried to keep me away from Jesus. Look at me now. How you like that? You know, it gets like that. But here's the reality. You see, this man knows something. 
He knows something that's better to stand on than redneckism ever is. And that's it. You know what? When I realized that I was blind, but now I see, your problems really don't bother me. When I realized I was blind, but now I see, I don't, I don't lose my peace over the problems you even thrust at me. Verse 42, Jesus says something very important. He said, receive your sight. Your sight. This word I'm about to make you, you're going to be the, the, some of the, you won't, there may be somebody better, but as a collective group, you'll be the best Greek-speaking group in the whole Miss Lou. Here we go. It's, it's, and, and it's not, you don't even, I mean, you can learn. It's a word called, there's this word, this receive your sight. And I, I want to see, it comes from this word called anablepo. Anablepo. Let's say it all so we sound good. Anablepo. Anablepo. I don't, that's about the best I could hear the guy was saying it to me. But it's nothing really smart. Blueletterbible.com is your friend. It's an app too. It makes it so easy to sound smart when, even when you're not. And that's what I hang on to. Anablepo. And uh, you can dig in and man, you can learn some stuff. But the actual terminology, how many of you realize, you know what, when you transfer from language to language to language, it's not that things get changed. It's just sometimes there's some of the enunciations that don't really pass over the same way. They don't, they, don't, they don't get expressed in the same manner. And that goes from any language crossing back and forth. There's, there's, there's always, there's a little something. And so well, I'm saying that to say this. I don't believe there's a, there's a, there's a biblical problem here. It's, there's a translation lack, though, a little bit with the English language just not really providing what needs to be provided here with this word called anablepo because it literally means to the man, when the man looked at Jesus, he said anablepo. I want to recover or regain my sight. Now, when you tell me recover or regain, it's much different than I want to see. And we have things in the Bible. I'm, I'm preaching this this way. And if you think I'm a little off base, well, just love Jesus and get over me. But, but I see things in the Bible where, you know what, there are people, there, there's a man that's born blind. And they look at Jesus and they say, Jesus, why is this man born blind? It's because of his sinners, parents sin away. He says, for nobody's sin. It's for the glory of God. And he, he heals the man. The man can see. And he explains that, but this guy doesn't explain that. And, but it also does not say, well, he, well, he could see and some bad accident happened and he lost his sight. It, it just, none of that detail is there. So I don't think any of that detail has any relevance on it, but I think this detail right here does. To recover or to regain sight. What are you saying? It says, I want to recover. I want to regain my sight. Your translation may say that. Some, some translations bring that out very well. The New Living just kind of lacked it on that one, but I like the New Living, so I'm going to hang with it. But here's what I came to tell you today. That God designed humanity perfectly. We have a blind man. But God designed humanity perfectly. It started with Adam, right? Where God fashioned him and God blew breath into his nostrils. The man could breathe and he walked with God and talked with God. You can, you can like start your Bible plan today, Genesis 1, 2, 3, and clear all this up. And it, it was perfect. He was literally righteous. There was no sin in Adam. He walked and communicated with God. We even wrote Baptist hymnals about it. And he walked with me. Yeah, I, love, I like that song. But, but then comes Satan. And he deceives Adam and Eve. And what he did, he, he, he led them to believe a lie. And when you believe one lie, then you believe another lie. All eyes are on you, so I'm going to stop for a moment. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Cool. 
When you believe one lie, it becomes easier to believe the second lie. And the next lie, and the next lie, and the next lie. The first lie that, that Adam was given was, God's holding out on you. You're missing out. Boy, the fun you could have. Right? And we, we, I'm, I'm just leaving off E because Adam was the, was the final decision maker on this. And then and he's like, yeah, I think, I think God is holding out on me. I want to have more fun. And it was, it, this relationship with God is restricting me. It's keeping me from things that I want. And I don't even know what it is. Believes it. Bites. He understands shame now. He understands guilt. He understands regret. He understands pain. All of a sudden, just simultaneously and instantaneously. The second lie he believed because he believed the first lie and it introduced shame. Shame taught him another lie. And it was this. When God comes, you better run. Because God, like, God don't like ugly. And now you ugly. You shouldn't have listened to me. And so he thinks like, so he begins to run when, when God shows up. Instead of saying, hey, I'm over here. You know, just I'm getting the weeds out of the bed. Oh, we don't have weeds yet. Yeah, we do. Where do we get weeds from? You know, instead of the conversation, he hides. And God is so God. So gracious. He's, he's, he's so nice. He says, Adam, where you at, man? You're not at our usual meeting spot. I mean, I know where you are. Hide and seek with me is useless, but I'm just giving you the benefit. Where are you? You see, Adam didn't see God like he had seen God when he was in perfection. When Adam had perfection, he saw God as his friend, not his enemy. He saw him as someone to, to, to commune with and, and relationship with and covenant with. He did not see him as someone that was out to get him and to run from him and probably would not ever want to be around him again. Satan stole Adam's vision of God. And therefore stole all of ours. Satan stole Adam's ability to see the purity of God because all that Adam could see is his shame. And shame never belonged to Adam. And the Bible tells us in Corinthians, it, it talks about the author relates out. He says, you know, where the first Adam brought death, the second Adam being Jesus Christ, bought life. Where the first Adam failed, the second Adam did not. That, do you realize Jesus Christ is the second Adam? He is not created of man, but he, is, he, he was in, in, in created in the womb by the Holy Spirit. It, it is the only two creations that have no human uh, need necessary. Adam and Jesus. They are divine on both, both ends. They were, they were both created. And Jesus was already, but I'm talking about in human form. And so they come and where the first Adam, he, all he saw, he lost his vision. And therefore, you and I all lost the vision of who God is. And he became the guy who, the big guy upstairs. And when he thunders, he's mad at somebody. And, and he's pointing his finger and he's out to get. So we got to run. But there's nowhere to run because he's God. So we just keep hiding behind of our different sins that we think we at least will cope for the time of trying to find some kind of pleasure until we experience eternal damnation or some sort. And just hope for the best. Hope the goods weigh out the bads. It all comes from a shame mentality, and shame never belonged to you. Shame never belonged to Adam, but Adam gave it to us all freely when he made his choice. And so here comes Christ, God in the flesh. He is Son of God. He is God walking earth again. And many could not see it. His own parents could not see it. You remember Jesus is 12 years old, and his parents lose him? After a few days, if you ever feel bad about leaving your kids somewhere, don't feel too bad. Jesus got left for like three days. And they come back like, why did you leave us? He's like, didn't you know where I would be? You see, they should have known where God would be. God, there was people asking questions and God had the answers, even if he was 12 in a human form. 
And Christ comes, he's the son of God. And the deal, though, is many could not see it. But one man had the courage. Nobody in the crowd could see that, like, Jesus of Nazarene is here. But there was one man in the crowd that said, oh, no, 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 no. He's much more than Jesus of Nazarene. He's the son of God. And he, there's one blind man that can see in a blind crowd. And he began to thank God for his courage. He didn't bow down to the shouts of man. And he says, I want to see you as you desire. Is basically, what, in summary, what he's saying. And so Adam ran when God came. But this man ran when God came. But this man didn't run from. This man ran too. And I'm saying all that to clarify this. Many, many people in here today, you know what it's like to be running. You know what it's like to, to, to constantly be running from God, from God, from God. You know what it's like to have sins and have struggles and have problems and know what it's like you've been running for a long time and you, you thought man my, when I lost my my purity man when the shame came and and whatever that may have been whatever the simple lifestyle and the choices and the things that have come to your life as a result and you thought when I started down that road man I just went so much further than I thought I ever could and there's just probably no hope for me and people like me just don't get help and I just you know hope it'll work out better long uh, for a long somewhere down the road and shame and shame is separate you from who you were always intended to be in covenant with and so you've walked after the yelled at the wrong things for a long time as you run and you join this yelling party and that yelling party and that yelling party and I'll never have anything to do with that group of people and I'll never have anything to do with them and I'll never have anything to do and you separate yourself from people as you're separating yourself as a reflection and you separate yourself from God because God's drawn toward the people and today if you're willing Jesus is here. I literally believe that. And this is for you. These are fish. These are nice goldfish. If you're a parent and you would like to take the responsibility home for your child, these will not go home with me. <laughs> Just consider it a gift from Cornerstone Church. We'll claim it on taxes or something as a gift. About 30 bucks worth of glory right here for you. You get the rocks, we got food to go with it too. But this is for you. You see the fish, they're, they're quite happy. They don't care where they're at as long as they're in water. They have no care. They've been swimming well since at least last night with me. Quite happy. But something happens when you take the fish out of the environment that they're supposed to be in. If you've seen me do any goldfish illustration before, do not rescue these fish. That's not the intention. Something happens. I'll get it. Don't worry. It'll be all right. Something happens when you take them out of their intended environment, their intended design. God didn't make fish to live out here where we are. He made them to live very well in the water, though. And so when you take the fish out of the water, big one, little one, it's amazing. The ones who think they're bigger than they are, will flop a little better than the other. But after a moment, they sit there and they just kind of gasp. They're going to live. And there's something neat that happens. I learned this in the 9 o'clock. They gasp heavily in the beginning. But the longer this time goes, that gasp gets cooler. Like, where at first they're like, <gasps> now they go. Like, I don't want anybody to see me really struggling here. I got an image to keep up.
But when you put them back in their right environment, even though they've been in the wrong environment for more time than made any of you happy, This ain't funny. This is serious. I'm going to hold you. Even though they've been in the wrong environment longer than you're comfortable with, they're doing quite well now that they've, they're back. I want to tell you, you're in here today, and there's quite, possibly quite a few of you that have been in the wrong environment for longer than God is comfortable with. And you think it's a long shot. And you think, I just don't know if I can and you don't like the stuff that you got going, but you know Jesus is drawing. But will it really work? Will it really be all right? I just want to tell you, when you put things back in the environment they're intended, they do quite well. No matter how terrible it was out here. And I want to tell you, when you decide to make a decision to trust Jesus with your life, and trust him with your next step, and trust him with every step. And even trust him with the parts where you get offended and you surrender your offense to, to, to open up his avenue of love for other people so that you can draw other people unto him. And everybody will praise God. You will do very well back in your intended environment. Amen. It gets quite comfortable. It's not, that, it's not that awkward. It's like you've been gasping as you pointed at others. It's being, we gasp as we, as we run from Jesus. We, we gasp as we call out your problem and your problem. Well, you know, Brother Danny, I ain't that bad. I mean, I ain't like, man, my neighbors, they need Jesus, Danny. But I really don't need him that bad. I'm doing all right. I got bailed out last night. My grandma took care of me again. I mean, I'm all right, but he ain't got no grandma. He needs help. I mean, I know I got my stuff, but man, I'm telling you, they took it to the next level. I, I don't hang around people that go that far. And we kind of started, we, we've been running, we've been pointing out our problems against other people's problems, measuring our gasp against another one's gasp. And we're like the, we're like the, like the little fish that was sitting over here first, like, I ain't going to fly like that big fish. I'm going to be cool. I'm not as bad off as he is. I'm not doing as bad as he is until he finally gets a little desperation and gets to kicking in. And can I tell you, can I just say it like this? You've been gasping for too long. You pointed the fingers for too long. You run from Jesus for too long. You called out other people's problems and carried your own guilt and your own shame that you are not intended to carry. Jesus Christ says, I will take it upon my shoulders. It's not yours to carry. And today, if you are willing, Jesus wants you to recover what was lost. And Jesus wants you to recover the relationship that the devil stole. And he wants to recover the sight to see yourself as a son and a daughter of God. He wants you to recover to be able to see him as he is so that you may see yourself as you are in his sight when you come to him and say, Lord Jesus, I, am, I need help. I need mercy. I've been blind and I've been begging and I don't know that I've ever seen you come to my house before, but they tell me you're here now and I don't care who's yelling. I need, I need a shout. I'm doing my own shout. My politeness is over. Have mercy on me. And we come to this place and he says, you know what? Let me open your eyes that you may restore and see the loving father that has been pursuing you all these years. Through the exes, yeah. Through the addictions, yeah. Through the good acts, but still the hurt, yeah. Through the aimless living, not having any direction, though you couldn't find a lot of wrong, yeah. Through having uh, pointless living and just holding on day by day, yeah. Through looking for happiness and the pursuit of money, yeah. Through looking for fulfillment through the use of people, yeah. Through all those times, you'll see that Jesus is never 
stop saying, let me get you out of that environment that you're not intended to live and come back into my presence where there is peace and there is leading and there is rejoicing. And when people see you come to me, there may be some that point, but I'm going to tell you what, there's a crowd here today that will celebrate and praise God because you, you were blind, but now you see. I want to be very serious for a moment. I really want to help people here today. So I want to kind of do this little Jesus style. And Jesus style is this. I'm going to protect you from the crowd because I want to take care of you. And so I want to ask if you will, heads bowed and eyes closed. This is the end. This is the part where we say, am I willing? And we make a conscious choice to say, yes, I'm willing. Jesus, to surrender my pride, to let out a cry of help so that you respond and you meet me where I am and you lead me into your plan, your design, your atmosphere that you always created for me to live in. This is the part where you say, I want to recover the sight that the devil stole from me. I want to restore your presence back to me. And I want to ask, with heads bowed and eyes closed all over the place, if you say today is the day that I am giving my life in a way that I understand. I am here today to recover. I'm here today to be made new and to be the person that God has called me to be. I am here to be restored into a right relationship with Him that the devil has stole for far too long. And But today is the day I'm turning it around because I realize Jesus, is, He's not wanting me to run from Him but to Him. And that is you today. We're laying down sins today. We're repenting. What is repenting? We're walking away from. We're walking away from what we've been chasing. That's to chase Jesus who's going to lead you into life. Today is the day I'm about to ask you for a response. To, and I want you to realize that you know what? That Jesus Christ was killed on your behalf as your sin. St. Corinthians 5.21 says, He who knew no sin, he didn't even know a sin, became your sin. He became sin so that you may become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Fully restored. And if, if that is worth, uh, is that, if that is a God worth following to you, then I'm asking you today, saying today, I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ. I'm following Him. I'm trusting Him with the next step. All over this place, praying it for the first time in a way that you really understand. Knowing Jesus is here. And I just want to ask you to raise your hand. We're going to say a prayer together in a minute. I'm raising my hand. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Today, I'm giving my life to Jesus. Praise God. I understand. Praise God. Praise God. Today, I understand that Jesus is drawing me. If you got your hand up, I just want you to look up, if you will, for just a moment. If you got your hand up, just asking you to look up. This is, this is your opportunity. And I want to talk to you just personally for a moment. Man, I am so stinking excited that somebody invited you in some form here today because they invited you to the best of the rest of your life. The Bible also says in Romans 10, since you're willing to believe it, we're going with it. In Romans 10, 19, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, then you will be saved. What is that? That's an eternal salvation forever to live in glory with Jesus. He is preparing a place. Hell is not your home. Heaven is now your home. And it says, you know what? He prepares a place for you also, but in the, with belief and confession, you become righteous. I don't know how many things you've been called in your life, but I bet righteous ain't nowhere on that list real far. And he calls you righteous in his sight. Righteous. 
You are in right relationship with God. Now when He comes calling, He comes calling you by name again, expecting you to come out. And it continues in Romans 10, 13. It says, you know what? And, no, I'm sorry, Romans 10, 10, 12. It says, whoever believes on the Lord will not be disappointed. You just came to the day where disappointment dies. And so I want to ask the church, can we pray together? with everyone here understanding the gospel of Jesus that he died for our sins he rose on the third day because he ain't leaving without you in a, and just taking it lightly and can we pray together what we're going to do is just confess our sin we're going to confess the goodness the holiness the righteousness of God and we're going to believe his righteousness covers our sinfulness and we're going to walk in that new identity that we are now adopted sons and daughters of God can we do that as a church well let's pray together say Lord Jesus please come into my heart and lead my life I trust you with every day starting now I believe your goodness covers my badness lead me in your path in Jesus name everybody said amen amen can I ask you please to stand up I want to invite you in this time we're going to close out in a song worship and adoration to God and this is going to be the close service but today if you chose to receive Christ if today is the day you said I'm going next step and you mean we want to put some tools in your hand to help you we want to bless you we want to give you some gifts that will continue you in your journey with your next step and so as people are singing some people are coming and going different things, I want to invite you. there are people in the back right now that are waiting for you they want to pray with you they want to answer any question they want to give a gift into your hand that will help you this is your time as we begin to sing if you said today I gave my life to Jesus Christ as we sing right now just make your way to the back and there's a group of people that are waiting for you in Jesus name let's go